Welcome to B2B Tech Founders Lounge podcast. I'm Ludmila, founder and CEO of Rampic, a B2B digital marketing agency. We help tech founders get the most of their marketing effort and promote their stories to our audience. We believe that every tech founder has a unique story and their business needs attention. Stick around till the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can become our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Hello and welcome to B2B Tech Founders Lounge podcast, at the space where tech founders and leaders share their unconventional visions and stories. Today, I'm here with Chris Veer, the owner of Cleaver Interactive. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Awesome. So, uh, Chris, like the B2B and videos, that's something that I rarely see connected. Can you give us a little bit more of a background about the Cleaver Interact, Cleaver Creative, sorry, what you do and how like those two things come together? Sure. So a little brief history on my company. I started my company over 10 years ago. And for the first, I'd say, seven, eight years, the biggest focus we had was on animation videos and explainer videos because those were hugely popular at the time and everybody wanted one. Everyone wanted wanted to, to explain their process or their app or what have you. And they're still super valuable. What we have found in the past couple of years is that companies have figured out that they need to change their mindset around video. And they used to be that, you know, we needed a commercial. Then it was, we need a video for our website. Then it was, we need a sales video. And now people are realizing we need a video strategy. And so we've really customized our services to partner with companies to say, okay, what is your video strategy? What makes sense for you? And a lot of the time that can be a series of vlogs. And the best place we found for that is LinkedIn, obviously, because that is the place where people come to do business. And it has the best organic reach next to TikTok. Um, so for most people, they're trying to do business with a handful of new companies every year, not thousands. Um, and those things all combine to be a really great space to put out great organic video on LinkedIn and actually get results. So usually what I recommend company owners think about is creating a series of videos that you're going to release throughout the year uh, that lead somebody on that buyer's journey on LinkedIn and help coach them through creating their own, I'm doing air quotes now, creating their own content. Um, because that's really what people want to see. They want to see it come from you. They don't want this highly overproduced video. They want to know, yes, what what does the company do? What does the app do? What does the service provide? But they also want to get a sense of who is this company and why am I working with them from that perspective? And so most of the time when I'm signing a new client, a lot of the time, it already feels like we've met because they've seen my video content and they've already sort of decided that they want to work with me. And that is really the, the biggest benefit, I think, of of creating your own video content in the B2B space. Wow, that's, that's very interesting because uh, a lot of uh, marketing people that I know in B2B space, uh, well, including us, we are focused on um, the more like the copy, like text-based, sometimes infographics and images. 
how uh how do you see videos of being different like i i totally get it when like you put the face to the name and uh, the stickiness increases but you have like a rather bold uh statement on your linkedin page and by the way the best way to connect with chris is to follow him on linkedin uh awesome content love it uh so the statement is turn viewers into buyers so how, how does that part work so I feel like uh, video can do all three parts of that no like trust journey very well, but it doesn't have to. It it does know and like very, very well on its own, and you can use other content to build that trust. So when you're talking about uh, the infographics and the articles and SEO and all these, these other things, those are very, very important and they do build trust, but you know, you want to work with who you want to work with and the video component can really build no and like, like other content just cannot do. And so I recommend having that piece in the recipe so that you are building all three the entire time so that when you do get to that sales conversation, they've kind of made that foundation of no like and trust already through your content. And it makes that sales process just a lot smoother. So depending on the client, I usually recommend a different, you know, parts of the recipe um, that that build that. And sometimes depending on, I would say, how boring your your company is, you can tap into topics that are totally unrelated to your company in order to build that know and like with your network and with your with your uh, your LinkedIn network. Um, so, you know, I love tennis, uh, you know, watching the Australian Open right now. Um, it would not be it would not be crazy for me to just do a post just about the Australian Open right now because it's topical, it's relevant. I have, you know, interested people that I'm following there. And then I become the video guy who loves tennis. And so even if you don't need a video right now or you're not interested in video right now, but you are interested in tennis, you're probably going to watch that video and you're going to go, oh, this is his take. This is the players he likes. I want to like throw a comment on there and say like, oh, no, I don't. I think, you know, this person's past their prime, whatever. You start to build that relationship. And then if I put out a infographic, let's say, on, you know, all the stats around uh, the videos that we produced last year and how, how many results they got, then I've built that trust and I've got no one like done. So I think that it's, it's a medium that, um, nothing else can really do the same things as video as well in, in those realms. That's, that's super cool. Like there is a saying that, uh, the medium is the message. So with videos, I guess that's, uh, that's exactly the case because by creating them, by putting them out there, you're both like sending, uh, the messages and you're using a very powerful media to, to do medium to do that. Um, Chris, I. Uh, there is another like thing that I wanted to ask you. Uh, AI, right? <laughs> and um, you know, um, the more I we talk uh, about it, like with my guests and uh, uh, other people on the network, um, the, the the more often I hear like the thought that AI is taking away some jobs, but it's creating some other jobs. And to be honest with you. I don't know how to feel about one of your most recent posts that you have about the AI generated upper bar. So what's your take on this? What's 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 for the what's in it for the industry? What's in it for you? 
It's fascinating to me. It's really, really fascinating. And the post you're talking about is an app that I used called HeyGen that you do a two-minute uh, video recording sample of yourself and you upload it and it creates a very hyper-realistic avatar of you. So much to the point that I have shown clips of me talking me talking, the HeyGen version of me talking, and people didn't really know that it wasn't really me. If you watch it for more than 15 or 20 seconds, it becomes pretty obvious. Like there's something off here and then you're like, okay, this is, this is, this is a uh, computer generated, but for t 10 to 20 seconds, you really can't tell a difference. And right now that works nicely for us for sales intros. Cause we have sales videos and then we tack on a customized intro of saying, you know, Hey John, uh, I see that you're interested in, you know, developing your podcast or your vlog or what have you. Um, just wanted to show you this this longer video about how how our process works. It makes it feel much more, you know, personal in that way. If I was to do a 20 minute video with this, it would become very obvious that it's like in that uncanny valley of weirdness and distance the person from from watching it. That said. There's no getting around the fact that that technology is going to improve over the next couple of years. I didn't really think this technology would be here right now, and, and here it is in front of us. So it's only going to get better. And we just have to acknowledge that and figure out where does that tool fit into our process? Where is it appropriate to use? Where is it not appropriate to use? I think in the B2B space, using AI video, the most beneficial way you can use it is to be transparent about it. So in the emails that we have with the AI video intro, we say, oh, by the way, we used AI in this video, see if you can spot it, which then does not become deceptive. It becomes a fun feature of the video. And I think there's going to be a lot of videos being made on YouTube and, you know, throughout the ecosystem of content that is going to leverage AI and it's not going to be transparent about it. And some people maybe just aren't going to care because it's getting the information across, it's newsworthy, you know, it's getting news across, whatever. Um, but I think the B2B space, the right move, at least right now, is to be transparent where you use it and where you don't. And in the future, I think that's probably true as well. It may end up being a little footnote or what have you saying, made with AI. So that people just know what's real and what's not, and if you're if you're obvious about that, I think that builds trust rather than takes away the trust. That's a great take on it, uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for sharing. I do I really appreciate how ethical uh, you are about it because uh, yes, AI as as any emerging uh, technology he has its. Um, uh, ups and downs in terms of like in their or perceptions how people <laughs> see it in their work. Actually, it reminds me about like uh, when the first iPhones were out, everybody had the signature "Hey, sent from iPhone." Excuse any typos. I'm not sure if you remember that. So. Right, that was a big thing because people would fat finger type and then they'd be like, "Just excuse my typos already." Yeah, Which, so, yeah, and then that went away, right? And we just kind of got maybe we've gotten used to typos. I don't know. I've heard that the uh, younger Gen Z generation is not as good about typos. And maybe that's just going to become accepted in, in our 
in our world, or AI is going to get so smart that it just corrects the typos completely. So, like, yeah, with videos, we'll see, right? So, uh, I yeah. guess uh, that's that's a very exciting time to do uh, business in, and especially uh, when you are in that intersection between the technology, humans, and especially B two B, where nothing is straightforward. Um, can can you share probably like a client rescue story um, or any like the case study that you particularly like? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my clients is a process improvement industrial engineer. And one of the things that I'm most proud of is that uh, last year, he's like, we made over $200,000 because of the video part of our process. And initially, when I talked to him, I said, you know, I want you to do this crazy thing, make videos on LinkedIn. He's like, oh, geez, give me a break. <laughs> the first time we recorded, uh, I was kind of coaching him through the first pieces of content. And I said, you know, it looks like you're not really enjoying yourself. He's like, that's because I'm not. <laughs> like, This is painful. I don't like doing it. But once he actually started to see that it worked and that people were saying, oh, I really got something great out of this. This actually pointed me to your other content. And then I spent a ton of time reading all of your articles. And then he started making sales from it. He's like, okay, I understand it now. So to me, that is one of the, the neatest case studies that we have um, because it's a very complicated and quote unquote boring field, industrial engineering. And I never really thought that I would be like, oh, I'm excited to make industrial engineering content. Um, but it really, it really is working for him. And I think it is that combination of building the the trust as well as just letting people get to know him. One of the people that he said, you know, uh, ended up doing work with them was somebody he had met like four years ago at a at a um at a conference or something like that, introduced himself, had one conversation with. And then four years later, she went into a new role and reached out and said, hey, I think we really need your help. He's like, people do not remember you four years ago if you met them one time. They just don't. Like, there's just not enough room in their heads to remember a stranger. But because it keeps showing up, face keeps showing up, keeps reestablishing that, um, that expertise, she reached out. So uh, that's that's one. Wow, that's that's an incredible story, and um, I really do like how it connects connects the dots, right? So this is probably a perfect example how technology can actually uh, uh, keep human relationship and connections alive, even in B two B, right? Where like yeah, we could be years apart since we talked, if we ever talked. <laughs> It's really an interesting um, an interesting place to be because I've had a number of conversations where I had been seeing the other person's videos on LinkedIn. They had been seeing my videos on LinkedIn, vice versa, for you know months, maybe more. And then you finally get on a call. It's like, hey, how are you doing? Like you already know each other, and it's just it's a it's a it's an odd feeling because it's like, oh wait, this is our first time meeting, but it doesn't feel that way. That's perfect. That's perfect. Um, and especially like in the uh, uh, in the IT world, and most of uh, uh, our audience, the, the listeners, the B two B tech founders, uh, IT and SaaS companies. Um, even before COVID, that industry, our industry, has been 
are more or less remote, but now people hardly meet. Um, so yes, that's uh, that, that that really looks like a very good opportunity uh, to strengthen the you know, like, and trust uh, funnel connections with them. Uh, Chris, by the way, most of uh, like uh, the, our listeners um, tend to be introverts and not really comfortable going out there. Can you give us uh, like a few recommendations or uh, probably like from your experience, a piece of advice, how to break the ice and how to be more comfortable in front of the camera? Absolutely, yes. Um, so I'll just say I'm an introvert. Uh, and it took me a long time to get out from behind the camera and get in front of the camera. Um, but once I did, I, I just kind of didn't look back and I realized like, oh, I actually like providing value this way. I like getting real conversations started. I like talking about what I like talking about. And that would be my piece of advice. And that's usually my piece of advice to our clients is, you, you put things out there, some things get good results, some things get worse results. And sometimes people can get caught up in that and go, oh, I had a really great post last week or last month. I want to recreate that this month. And I go, don't worry about that. What you All that really matters is that you care about what you're talking about. If you genuinely care about it, other people who are like you are going to engage with it because they're going to feel that you believe what you're saying. This is something you're interested in and they're going to engage with that. And the beautiful thing I think about creating content on LinkedIn is that you don't need a hundred thousand likes or 10,000 likes or even a thousand likes or even a hundred likes to, to have success there. What you need is 10 likes and five comments that are really good people that have interesting things to say and that's going to get you a pretty big boost to your content and then it's also going to like kind of do what social networking is supposed to do is going to bring more people into your network and into your fold and build those connections organically so what i generally say is like the worst thing that's going to happen on linkedin is that you'll be ignored and it's not like other platforms where so you put something out on Twitter that is your that you genuinely care about and someone goes like you're an idiot whatever X um, or or YouTube or whatever the worst thing that's going to happen on LinkedIn is that you're ignored and uh, that's because most people have something to lose so they're not going to like critique you they're not going to like badmouth you they're not going to make you feel like a jerk or whatever um, for the most part it's it's going to be people engage with it and say, I agree or a respectful conversation around why they disagree or they're going to ignore you and being ignored is okay. Like you can handle it. Like just try, try it again next week. But there's, there's a very small amount of high quality business content actually being created on LinkedIn. There's, I think it's less than 1% of the creators on of people on LinkedIn are actual creators. And a small percentage of that is actually really high quality business content that's tailored to an industry. So if you're even doing a decent job of creating content there, you're going to get engagement. And uh, it's it's actually pre- not that hard. Wow, that, that's great, Chris. And thank you so much. It really sounds encouraging. Um, so it's not, it's not that scary, right? The, the first, well, I will say this, the first, 
I don't know, the first six months at least that I was putting out content, every day there was like a pit in my stomach going like, is this going to perform? And then it did, and then it did, and then it did. And then I had my first post that didn't perform, and I was like, oh, this is even worse. Like, <laughs> oh, there's a hurdle. I think there's a hurdle. There's like, there's like kind of a growth curve where you have to, you have to say like, do I want to try this? And, and, and for the most part, I would say, I think the scariest part for people is that they go, oh, if I do this, if I start putting out a weekly piece of content, a weekly vlog, whatever it is, a weekly article, now I have to do this for the rest of my life. And that is just not true. Like you, I would say, try something, try it for three months and see what it feels like at the end. Because now I'm in a place where I will probably just be creating on LinkedIn forever because I just enjoy it. Not because I feel like I have to do it, but it's like, and some people try it for three months and they say, you know what, I'm going to do it one piece of content a month and, and just move on from there. But I really do think it's something that you can try and it's not something you have to commit to forever and never. And now I'm just like, this is like a sentence for me. <laughs> oh, thanks, Chris. And uh, actually, uh, it is um, it is a very like empowering thing to try something and then uh, see how it goes and be very easy on yourself, regardless of what the outcome is. But be grateful forever for trying to yourself. Yeah. Yes. And I, I think that to me is one of the most satisfying parts is that is seeing people start to kind of embrace their own content and actually enjoy it and get results and have fun with it and uh, and and kind of move through it. So now we're doing like not just vlogs, but podcasts with clients and stuff like that and helping them figure out what works for them uh, and seeing them like enjoy the process and get to me it's like you get great clients that are aligned with you personally as well it's not just about like oh i got another client but it's like i got a client that i really enjoy working with which to me is i didn't even realize that was going to be a benefit of creating creating content thanks chris thank you so much for sharing all the insights and bringing such a great and humane angle to b2b <laughs> videos so for everybody who is listening uh this is chris weir uh the owner of cleaver interactive please feel free to connect with chris uh on linkedin to see all the content possibilities for yourself chris creative creative <laughs> Cleaver Creative. Yes, I'm so sorry. Exactly. Cleaver Creative. I have to cut it, right? Cleaver Creative. Uh, and should it be like Creative Interactive or something? Maybe I'll add interactive. Yeah. I mean, with, with AI, that's probably where we're headed. It's going to be interactive videos, yeah. right? So, uh, yeah. Chris Weir, the owner of Cleaver Creative. <laughs> Let's do it one more time. Uh, please feel free to connect with Chris on LinkedIn. And honestly, I was impressed and I am impressed with Chris's work uh so for everyone who is thinking about uh adding the video to their marketing mix for the b2b uh space stop thinking just start doing chris Give thank you so try. much for the, yeah thank you so much for the all the inspiration appreciate it thank you so much thank Thanks. you thank you for being such a wonderful guest take care Ludmilla here. Thanks so much for listening to B2B Tech Founders Lounge podcast. If you are a B2B tech founder who would like to be on the show, visit podcast.rampic.agency. If you've got something from this interview that you would like to share, 
please go ahead and post the link to this episode on social media. Just grab a link, send it to a friend. If you know someone who will be a great guest on the show, tag them in your post. So let them know about the show and include our podcast name, which is B2B Tech Founders Lounge, in your post. I love seeing your post and guest suggestions. We are adding new episodes frequently, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast. This means a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Visit us at Traffic Agency website or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.